As we begin to reintegrate into the world post-lockdown, we're confronted with the fact that our lives are not the same as they were before 2020. And with that comes the realization that a lot of us have to relearn, rebuild, and restart. Struggling to do so myself, I wondered how other people are able to rise from the ashes of crumbled moments throughout their lifetime. I'm Rebecca Lee, and this is season two. How the fuck did you bounce back? Thanks for joining me, Joe. Um, we were talking about TikTok and Instagram and all yeah. of that shit. And it's like so wild to me about, well, one, that TikTok might be shut down. Be- yeah. And I I agree with you. We were talking about how Meta and Facebook has something to do with it and lobbyists. Yeah. And, but it's really like anything in America where there's money and lobbyists, like that's what's going to that's what's right. going to win, you know. Right. Um, but the verification thing is what kind of blows my mind. Yeah. Like well, I popped on Twitter. I don't I, like I have a Twitter. I don't use it. Yeah, yeah. I popped on there and I was like reading a conversation and I could not tell who was like who, who an real. actual. Yeah. Like an actual yeah. educator yeah. or person. You know what I mean? And who wasn't. So I was like, what the fuck? Can I actually let me touch on that really quick. Yes. So I've been I've been I, I like to say I've been verified uh pre-elon for many years now so i used to do a tv segment for travelocity side note but i used to do tv stuff so that's how i got verified and uh same with facebook but let's talk about twitter so because twitter is making you pay for Mm -hmm. twitter twitter blue so i wanted to actually touch on that because i've been verified forever if you click on my verification thing on twitter it says this is like a legacy person but they might not be influential or something like that, which is ridiculous. It's like, it's almost like a a stab at the person that's been around forever. And I'm like, whatever by that. And then if you're Twitter blue, it says this person's verified because they subscribe to Twitter blue. Oh, I didn't know it differentiated. Yeah. So next time you're on Twitter, just click. And here's the thing, but most people won't go check that. No, I didn't even know it existed. Like you just said, well, one, you didn't know it existed, right? So now maybe your, your, sorry, your listeners will know that, but I will say the thing that drives me nuts about that is there's so many people that already don't do their due diligence when they read a piece of text, right? Like they're not like, I should go research that. So people see a verified thing and then they could get tricked like their grandma sending money to Nigeria. You know what I mean? Like literally Mm -hmm. like it's causing this hiccup of, well, further hiccup of, of just like you can't really verify quickly anymore like what's legit and not to say verified people are always saying nice things or good things but right. i just think it's causing this extra like middleman that you just have to go through to verify things and it's yeah. just it's not great i'm pretty I'm, much shadow banned on twitter i i get really no i get no interaction at all no. i don't i mean i never really went on it like i was never a twitter person i don't know um i must have just missed missed the memo on that but like <laughs> now i'm even less so like i won't go there for anything like i'm not gonna go there to yeah. check like fact check or whatever like i'm just off of it right. and like the discourse on there it looks really mean like most of the stuff that i look at is people being really mean like meaner yeah. than TikTok, meaner than instagram it's like the mm-hmm. meanest place i'm sure reddit's probably pretty mean too but i was actually gonna say that it's becoming <laughs> like reddit yeah. actually where you know i was talking to a friend recently i was like do you go on reddit often because it's really like accessible i mean there are good subreddits that yeah. are very positive leaning but yeah primarily it's like it's like when you like go on yelp right it's either one star review or five star review mm-hmm. it was amazing or it was the worst meal of my life give me a refund i feel like that's how comments are t- traditionally and that's why reddit i think thrives off that and i think twitter is becoming like that too but yeah i don't love well, it 
No, no. I don't love it. Um, well, I'm really excited to talk to you. We know each other from TikTok and that's mm. it. So from what what I know about you is what the content that I've seen on TikTok, but you're a right. travel writer. You review, mm. what do you review? Products or? So, so I, I'll give you the elevator pitch. Like Let's if do I it. walked in and someone said, what do you do? Yep. I, I consider myself, depending on who I talk to, I'm kind of a chameleon, but traditionally my business called Joe's Daily is a men's lifestyle and travel content creator. I used to be travel uh, men's lifestyle travel blogger, but now I feel like content creation is just everything. And that's kind of what I've always been. Um, but yeah, I review products. I just got back from the Caribbean on a brand new cruise ship and I was reviewing that. And, um, it's all sorts of things, um, from, from, from it's men's lifestyle, but the truth is I have, if you look at my demographics, it's like 40% women, maybe mm-hmm. they're shopping for themselves. Cause it's not always like men's clothing, for example, it could be whatever, or like a, a cruise where it's like, anyone can go on that. It's not yeah. a men's cruise. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I've been doing this for 12 years full time. Um, uh, and it started as a hobby. Yeah. I was so. going to say, how did you, how did this start? I, I mean, I used to live in LA. We can get into that, but I used to live in LA and I was, I was working at Apple during college and, um, I just wanted to start, I wanted to create like a GQ online, you know, the section you open in a magazine where it's like cool things to buy this month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what I was doing. I was like, all right, cool. I, I just like sharing these things. I don't On know why. YouTube? I, I, uh, it was YouTube and my blog, Joe's Daily. Okay. Um, so pretty much all of the above, primarily my blog. And then YouTube came later. Um, but yeah, I was just sharing stuff, like cool stuff I found. You know, living in LA, I, have small, I grew up in New Hampshire, small town. And, and I think I just wanted to share with friends and family what I was doing or what I was interested in. And then slowly but surely, things just started picking up. And I was kind of like an OG blogger where it was like, this is like, after the diary days when people were doing the diary stuff, like I forget mm-hmm. the platform people used to do it. Like, like the, live the tum- journal? Like live journal. There you go. Live journal and Tumblr, you know? Yeah, Tumblr. Yeah. Um, but it was when I created like a WordPress blog. Anyways, I was WordPress, writing about- yes. Yeah, yeah. I was writing about cool stuff that I found. And then later on, I just ran- randomly got reached out by brands, just like everyone hears about now on TikTok and Instagram where yep. they wanted to collaborate with me and pay me. And then um, I just kept doing it. So it kind of went from- going to college in Los Angeles, working at Apple as a day-to-day job, did a little marketing directing for a couple uh, companies. And then I just went full-time with my blog and my, what I do now, essentially. Okay. Normally I start out with what's an, a challenge that you're most proud of overcoming, but I yeah. already have a question before we even sure, do that. Sure, and sure. maybe this will relate to it. Mm-hmm. As you were free, were you freelance for a while or like? Actually, no, no. I. Oh, you've I, always I, been I, I mean, I know the free, freelance world because I, I did work at an agency. So I yep. understand that concept of what that looks like. Um, but no, I actually, for Joe's Daily, it's always my my content, my direction. I was like the CEO, never worked for anyone else. Got so, it. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's rad. Was there ever like a moment where you were like, I like I'm not making enough money doing this or like I don't know if I can make this last or I don't know if I can keep up with like the new technology when like sure. TikTok came about or like because it's like when you have your own thing you're the CEO of this mm-hmm. this company right I can imagine it's similar to like and how an artist is where they're like I don't know if I can sustain myself or like when your lo- views are low or yeah. just the thought process around that I, I'm going to say this, uh, looking back when I, first, I love that question because I don't know if I've ever been asked that actually. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm going to say no, um, you will. Okay. There was a, there was a moment when I got, so I, I'm married. My wife's, her name is Sarah. She works with me full time. Um, when she started working with me full time, it was around the best year of my life financially. It was 2016. Mm-hmm. I could tell you exactly when it was. And, uh, I was kicking butt 
made a lot of money, doing great. I told her, leave her job. She worked at a very well-known startup by Zoe Deschanel called Hello Giggles. Um, I told her, leave, just let's, let's do this full time. And that was probably the only time towards the end of that year was the only time, only because this is the first time I ever had to take care of someone else. Obviously take care of my family and friends. But what I mean by that is not just cause she's my wife, but because it was my first like employee, right? Mm. In the sense of like, oh no, yes, we're a married couple. You know, we both are making money, right? She had a job that was unrelated to Joe's daily, but it was the first time where I was like, okay, so we're bleeding money. Cause now we need to make more money. Right. Because it's like, it's one thing if I'm doing successful and I know what my, my section is doing and then what she's doing, it was the first time I was like, oh, I got to reestablish things. And it wasn't a bad thing, but it was the first time where I was like, oh, this is what it's like to scale, right? You have to scale mm -hmm. up if you want to keep living the life you were living where I was traveling and doing work and buying the things I needed for my office and, you know, stuff like that. So it was like, all of a sudden it was like a different mentality of what my business looked like. Um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, that to that yeah. totally does. Um, but, but, but actually, yeah, sorry, to your point, I'm so sorry to cut you off. I, no. I do want to answer something that's important. You had a great question. You said like when new technology comes along. I'm, I've always been a beta user, like a beta alpha user, meaning mm -hmm. like whenever something new comes out, I get excited. Like ChatGPT is all the rage right now. I'm all mm -hmm. over it because I want to learn what it, what it does and what the tool does. So to answer your question with like when TikTok came out, I was a little late to TikTok, kind of like you mentioned earlier, where like um, maybe you were a little late to the game. Like that's how we met on it. Yeah. Um, but the truth of the matter is, yeah, I've always been like an alpha beta user in the sense of when something new comes out, I want to figure out not so much how to make money off it, but how to use it as a tool that might make my life easier. So I think I've been good at that. I think that yeah. helps. It's so yeah. interesting because like you, f like from my perspective, I'm sure from a lot of people's perspective, I can only speak from my own, but like mm -hmm. you are like doing the thing that we all want to do. Like you are creating content. You mm -hmm. are the CEO for your own company. So you work for yourself. You make money that way. You don't have to have a side job. Like that is the like, the like the blueprint that everybody wants to have so I'm just like trying to get in there and be like well how did this happen how did you become successful so that other people can do that too absolutely my biggest thing and I tell everyone this actually I'm gonna meet a friend later for some St. Patty celebration sorry sure. for whoever's watching this later it's St. Patty's Day <laughs> um but but I uh one of the things I've always instilled in her as as a friend but I would tell a stranger on the street is um figure out passive income. Now I'm not trying to be one of those money bros you see on social. That's like, Oh yeah, do this. I made $10,000 last mm -hmm. month. I'm not doing that. I'm saying start small. It's amazing when you take a number and I'm kidding you, this works. If you're like, okay, man, what, what could I do if I made an extra $15 a day? Now, most people are in panic They're in, and I get it. Some people work in dollar to dollar. They're, they're literally paycheck to paycheck, as they say, and it's tough. And I, and I understand that. And I respect that. But I think if you can start figuring out a way to make side, just small passive income that almost like a set and forget, and, and it can be as easy as helping your friend write a newsletter for their business. I know that sounds silly, but I'm, you'd be surprised the opportunities if you just kind of open up your mind, like to be available to something like that. Mm. Um, as an example, I moved to the Midwest here, small town. I met a guy at a restaurant the other day and I vaguely was like oh yeah i'm pretty good at doing copywriting and next to him he's like oh my god my my law firm needs a copywriter um could you do something and i actually had some free time so i was like sure i'll do a couple things and i made a few hundred bucks of, in, in, over yeah. a couple months and all i'm trying to say is open your mind that you can do other things because your job isn't your job even if it's a nine to five or it's your passion you know acting or whatever yeah open your mind to do other things you'd be surprised if you could just make a little i know it's not passive because you're working but i guess what i'm trying to say is if you can make a little bit more time 
to make those little things that will just go a long way. Um, and I, that's what I've always practiced for the last, ever since I started my own business, I was like, how could I always be, if, if I ever needed to make a little extra money, what could I be available for? Cause I know there's skills we all have. We have hundreds of skills. We just don't utilize them because mm. just we're so used to our day-to-day job, you know? Yeah. Um, does that help? Does that yeah, no, it does. Yeah. It's just like, how do you get those opportunities? Like, I guess that one was just like happenstance, right? Sorry, but yeah. it's like, um, cause it's like, th- for me, it's like, if I, cause I've done copywriting on multiple, sure. we'll just use that since you brought it up. Mm-hmm. It's like, for me, I would have to like go places and post about it probably. Right. Like whether it's like a Facebook group or on Instagram or whatever. And then yeah. you have to also get over like, for me at least like my pride in being like okay I'm not like doing acting completely like I want to make money doing this other thing and then I get worried like well what if people start seeing me as a copywriter and not an actor and that's like where I get like a little discombobulated I think people that I've talked to as like in entertainment too are like well I don't want to be seen as just that and it's hard to be like a multi and you're a multifaceted person it's hard to like if you're doing if you're known as all these things right for me, I get worried that people are going to be like, why aren't you just good at the one thing? You know, people if, aren't like open minded enough. I feel what like. if I told you, though? Tell me. And this is I don't think this is sneaky. I think this is done every day. Be, be um, what's the word when you a ghostwriter? Mm. Like, I, I know that sounds like I'm putting a bandaid on your issue, but it's not like, see, OK, so it's your. And, and by the way, I've been there. I've been to that. That's that same place where you're like, you're almost like second guessing yourself. Like, wait a minute, if I'm doing this. I'm not doing my passion, which is let's say acting. And mm-hmm. that's what I want to do full-time. I want to be an actor. That's it. I totally understand that. And I respect that because we all have this like self-sabotage or we're not doing enough or we're, we're not good enough or why is this person getting a job? I'm not. Um, and I, and in the, in the blogging world, I have colleagues that very much sometimes I'm like, see them going on trips. I'm like, wait a minute. But then I sit, put myself in check. I'm like, I just got on a trip. What, what am mm. what, you know, Stop that. But to, to answer your question about worrying about how people perceive you, in this case, this specific case, be a ghostwriter. You can mm. be a ghost video editor. No one needs to know you're doing it. Mm. No one needs to know that you're editing three TikTok videos from for some stranger across the country. They don't need to see your face. They don't need to know who you are. They don't need to know you're Rebecca. They don't mm. need to know I'm Joe. They can literally just know that they're hiring you to do a job that you're good at, you know, copywriting, editing, whatever it is. So I know that's a very broad, I guess what I'm just in the end, if someone was like, give me your one sentence where I'd say, just yeah. be open-minded, you'd be surprised. So many people are so, I go to my job, I go home, take care of me, that's it. And that's fine. But if you want more, sometimes I, I tell people, I'm like, just try to open up and realize there's more opportunity, do some research on the weekends. Um, and then like the, the ghostwriting thing, honestly, just be a, you don't have to put your your name on it per yeah. se, you have your own LLC business. Or right. Whatever. Right. That, yeah. that's was no my one next thing. Was like just no one needs to go under an LLC instead yeah. of like your actual name. Yeah, that's really yeah. smart. Um, well, now that we have gotten <laughs> all of my initial questions out of the way and I we've gotten to know each other a little bit more, yeah. I'll go with the question I always ask everybody, which is, is there a, mm-hmm. a moment, a low point, a challenge in your life that you're most proud of overcoming? And would you share that with us? Absolutely. Um, I definitely think I feel like a lot of people can relate to this, but I do, it's going to be COVID related, the pandemic related. Um, So the one thing I'll say is I've been working from home. Like I'm, it's funny. I'm like a veteran. You got all these people working from home now and it's like, and I love it. I love it. I love that they're getting the, the, the joy of what that can be. Um, But I'm I'm a veteran and I've done it for over a decade. Um, 
the one thing the pandemic did to me was I definitely started drinking more. Mm. And I, and I've, I think I'm to answer your question. I've proud. I overcome that overcame that. Um, I I'm not, I never was never considered myself having a drinking problem or an alcoholic, but I will say, um, with my job, I'm afforded free things to review. And some of that is spirit related. And what happened during the pandemic was, you know, five o'clock came really quick. Sometimes mm -hmm. earlier, you know, as they say, five o'clock somewhere, it was pretty much, eh, you know, a little afternoon, I'll have like a drink for lunch or whatever. And I, I think I hid behind the idea of like, I can't go out and do, you know, meet, see, see my friends out and about, you know, meet, you know, it doesn't have to be a drinking date with friends. It could literally just be going about. And I think that was what I started doing more of and didn't really realize it until probably like a good six months in the middle of the pandemic where I was like, this is a problem. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I need to overcome this. Um, and I think that was the one I got, I, I overcame that like really feels good. Uh, that does, and you know, to be clear, I haven't stopped drinking. I just, mm -hmm. I, I nip that in the bud. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not drinking nearly as much. It's really just for work and enjoyment and special occasions and stuff like that. But that was, that became a problem. And that was the first time I've ever experienced that in my life. You know, I'm 36 and I was like, never, not even in my college years was I mm -hmm. doing that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I relate to that because I'm like, what am I 11 months sober coming up on Congrats. like one year? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I definitely relate to that. Um, mm -hmm. w were things like happening that, may like was it impacting you in a negative way or was it just like oh i'm doing this more it oh no it definitely definitely uh in a negative way um you know all the things you would expect health problems gained weight mm. um definitely my brain felt foggy but and that was things didn't realize that when you're living in the fog sometimes you have to have someone literally take you out of that fog for a moment and i think what took me out of that actually surprisingly full circle TikTok. Mm. Um, this was around the time I started paying attention to TikTok more, even though it's at this point I was late to the game. Right. But I, I was paying attention to people having like stories, you know, um, I, I think even a couple of your videos kind of, I wouldn't say that that was a turning point, but I think that's when I, I was introduced to you back in that back then during that time. And I saw people, gym people, people that were going mm. sober, people were eating better. And all of a sudden I was like realizing, I'm like, yeah, I don't feel okay. Um, and I started just living with the feeling just uneasy. And I was like, mm. this doesn't seem right. This doesn't, I almost forgot what it was like before type of thing. And yeah. so, you know, you go down that, that rabbit hole. Um, and honestly, I started going to the gym and just eating better. Cause I knew how to do all that stuff. It wasn't like I needed to be retaught. It just was, that was what kickstarted. It was kind of going to the gym again and, and realizing like, okay, I can lose weight. I can feel better. Get those like, you know, endorphins going. And, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, that was kind of like the, the start of something new. Yeah. What, what's like your relationship with like mental health stuff? Like, have you always been like a, I mean, I don't want to, I'll just let you talk about it. Cause I don't want to yeah. assume anything. Yeah. Um, that also was another eye-opening thing during the pandemic. So I've never been one of those people. It's like, I'm never going to go see a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. I can tell you the, I think the first time I ever talked to an individual that was a professional was probably when my parents got divorced. And I'm, I was a kid. I was, I don't remember. I was like three, four. Mm. Um, but I will say the thing I'm kicking myself is, like I said, I never was anti going to speak with anyone. Never. I've always been for that, but I never realized 
how much I needed it. I, I truly think everyone needs it until the pandemic. So I actually started, I should have mentioned that too. That was another thing I started doing was, was seeing someone regularly, like about every other week, every week, sometimes. And that was a fantastic way to, um, to work on mental health issues. What, what, what I was thinking, what I was going through, because the true, the true answer is like, I didn't realize until I was separated from the world and having to, you know, quarantine at home and, and, and be safe and, and stay home for, and not see people on a day-to-day basis, how much I needed to get checked in with, you know what I mean? Like I need mm-hmm. to check in with myself, check in with my wife, check in with, you know, just what was going on, you know? Um, and that's been yeah. a help. Yeah. Is it like a specific type of therapy or like your classic, like talk therapy? Um, it was just classic talk therapy, <laughs> Zoom Zoom therapy. So, yeah. And then obviously once things opened up and things were safer, just masked up and went in to see see my therapist. But no, I I, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I traditional therapy. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was more or less like learn about me and then figure and like kind of peel apart the onion layers and then get to the, the problem or, or, you know, just talk yeah. it out. Yeah. Do you think it's something that like you will continue doing or is it more of a like, when I need it, I'll do it type of thing. Um, I don't know if this is, cause I don't think there's any real right way no. to do it. Right. I think everyone, no. um, but I would say what I've, what I've settled on was I'm going to do at, at the very minimum once a month. Um, Ooh, yeah, I love like, that. H- like hundred percent once a month. Yeah. Um, even if things are the best it's ever been, uh, yep. it doesn't matter. Just once a month. Yeah. Um, because I, I've been reminded, as I mentioned, I needed to check in with myself. And I think that that was scary, not because anything was going horribly wrong other than shouldn't have been drinking as much as I was. Um, but I realized I'm like, it's not safe to not know what's going on. Like if you're mm-hmm. not sitting there, if you're in a fog 24 seven, essentially still getting work done, still doing stuff. There's still that aspect of like feeling lost when you Mm -hmm. actually do put pop your head up so i feel like knowing i'm checking in with my therapist checking with myself once a month minimum is great and she's great because she's almost like retired so she specifically my therapist she's like hey i got more time if you need it so just Mm. let me know and she makes time so so yeah to answer your question once a month minimum and then maybe maybe move it into two if i need it or you know yeah i mean it's wild how easy it is to like go on autopilot and not check in with ourselves because like like you said like it's scary and confronting um especially i mean i feel like during the you know the lockdown and and isn't it crazy that it's been three years i i was just thinking about the other day i i don't even I don't know where those years have gone. I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm the same person that I was before. Do you? Not at all. No, I I, I could even. I'm not saying I'm like dramatically different as in like. I I still think I'm the same Joe, but I do think that there's what's come out the other side. Funny enough, I've always been a half glass full person. And I love the idea of working on myself. I actually enjoy that. I think I'm I'm sad for the world and what we've had to miss for the last three years, but the half glass full of me is like, wow, look at all the the good things that have come out of it. I know there's a lot of crap, um, but I'm always like, okay, this is interesting. How can we make this my new personality and make it for the better and help other people? You know what I mean? So totally. 
that it kind of goes back to when you were saying like, how have you survived? Like you talked about financially, like how, you know, were you ever yeah. worried? To be honest, yeah, but I'm always excited about what's changing and what I can do with it, if that makes any yeah. sense. Like no, I feel like there's a totally. lot of potential out of all this. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it feels, it, I can't believe it's been three years. That's so fucking nuts to me. Um, I'm for sure a different person in, a, mm. in like big, big ways and small ways, but like I mm. actually liked I mean, obviously, I didn't like the fact that there was a pandemic and people were fucking dying. Um, right. But like being with myself, like being yeah. with myself was yeah. great. I loved that. It was coming out of it. And I think it's because yeah. I'm an introvert, but like it was coming out of it where I was like, wait, I have to now I'm a different person. And now I have to put <laughs> like all of my new things and skills that I've learned to practice in the real world. Yeah. And like, it's not the same. Yeah. No, like I, nutty, I was actually, nutty. I was actually going to ask you how, how you're different, but that you nailed it on the head, the whole introvert thing, because I, it's, I did learn I'm a little bit more of an introvert or yeah. I'm wondering if I've just changed people change, right? Yeah. I love, like, I do get a thrill. Um, my wife's very much an introvert, like granted she just had surgery, but she, she doesn't care. I'm going out later. Like, like I'm not going to party. I'm not going to rage. I'm not doing like, it's not that, but I just like going out, I feed off other people, you know? Yeah. And, um, but I will say I've learned over the last three years is that I could see why introverts liked the pandemic outside of what you said, of course, yeah. the, death, the deaths and the horribleness there. Yeah. But no, they were like, oh, oh, I'm influenced. Like, it's it's good for me to stay in and read a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, binge TikToks and my favorite Netflix shows. Oh, great. You know, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Totally and it's that. like, I think like anybody that has anxiety or in a disorder or whether they just feel anxious or whatever like right. when you go back out into the world it's like I have to like learn the skills that like I feel like I lost being at home yeah um yeah such yeah. such fucking wild shit um you mentioned and also tell me if you don't want to talk about this but you mentioned your parents getting divorced when you were younger mm-hmm. um I'm curious about I'm kind of curious about like you as a as a young lad growing <laughs> up and like what you were like and did you where did you grow up and how did you get to LA and all of that? Yeah, actually, yeah, that, that's um so I was born in New Hampshire, um, Derry, New Hampshire. Um not oh, the, same, the fucking oh, not the same. Never I was well no, it's funny <laughs> you were gonna say Stephen King, right? Yeah. Yeah. So no, actually funny, my mom knows Stephen King because she used to work on his car. Uh that's funny. He's in Maine. So there's a there's a whole nother Derry. Got yeah. it. Um, but yeah, it's funny. A lot of people do. I'm glad you know that. Cause some people are like, what are you talking about? Anyways? So I'm like, right. <laughs> Penny, Pennywise, you know, all yeah, those, yeah, yeah. anyways. Um, so yeah, I grew up in Derry, New Hampshire. Uh, it's, it's, you know, small state. Not a lot of people have ever been there, nor do they want to go there. It's beautiful during the fall, but that's all I can give you. Um, but yeah, I grew up there. Um, and I was always a, uh, I always, I, you know, I already mentioned I'm an alpha beta user. I was always yep. like a weird, not like a, and nothing, I love, I love nerds. I have nothing against that. But I was never like a, back in that, those days of, as a millennial, you know, I, t- I wasn't like a, a sports guy. I'm a small guy. You know what I mean? I'm, I mm-hmm. love sports. I'm very like, uh, athletic, but I wouldn't, I wasn't like built athletic, right? I wasn't like a big kid. So I've never was yep. in like any of the teams on high school or middle school, whatever. But I loved the idea of computers and I had my uncle build my first computer. So I'm, the reason I'm opening with that is because that was the start of where I'm at. So yeah. 
I built a computer with my uncle. I literally picked through all the nerdy stuff, like the all, all the prompts, all these stuff. Like I literally just want to know every property, everything that existed. Started doing animations, built my first website off GeoCities that's just really dating me. Um, anyways, did all that. And I graduated high school at 17 and moved right to LA. And the Whoa. reason why is because the reason why is because I was I really wanted to do I wanted to be an animator, which is mm. so funny. I'm not doing that now. And uh yeah, I, I went to the Art Institute, crap school, um, but I went to the Art Institute, got my degree. So that that's what led me to there. The reason I haven't brought up my parents is because, you know, my mom was very borderline middle class, barely, and, uh, you know, enough to, like, figure out how to get me loans to go, go to L.A. My dad yeah. did nothing, just yeah. was useless. Basically, haven't talked to him since I was, like, 18. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, like kind of cut him off essentially not because like I ran away to LA because he just didn't want to like my brother and I he didn't want to support anything we did and even mm. though we both turned out really well my brother's a, a big time video game developer still in LA like designs the new working on the new Star Wars game and I went on to do you know what I do my own career and it's been successful but how um, has that got, affected you the fact that you don't talk to your I don't I don't talk to my dad anymore I well, cut him off so I'm just a, a fellow person who did how to do that it's funny it's funny you say that because I didn't really realize how much it affected me because I've been very independent my entire life same I I think that actually fueled my independence I always wanted to prove him wrong but not like everything I did was like oh yeah it's prove my dad wrong it was more or less like I wanted to like be something so one day if he ever looked back he'd be like well they turned out well good for mm. them but kind of like you don't get any credit for it type of yeah thing. yeah it, it never and i'm not saying that's what fuels me but it was always kind of like you know my mom did so much for my brother and i you know what i mean that i was mm -hmm. like i want to make her proud and that's all i care about is mm -hmm. her you know what i mean yeah. um but yeah no it definitely affected me. i didn't really realize that until honestly i went to therapy which that's by what the i was way, gonna say which is so impactful right you know I, I started going to therapy when i was 33 and it's like dang you know, like imagine if I unraveled this earlier, would would I be a better person? No, maybe not. But but nice to really unravel that and 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 have a breakthrough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how much that does affect you. But yeah, I mean, um, you don't know until you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, it, it definitely affected my brother and I for sure. Yeah, I I don't talk to my my dad at like at all, like zero mm -hmm. contact, and it's it's it affects you. Like how you grew up affects you, whether you want to like um confront that or not mm -hmm. like it's it would be crazy to think that like your adolescence and your upbringing didn't affect you as an adult you know right right um, well I'll, I'll tell you tiktok sometimes you see a sad video uh, or a cute video of like a dad and a son or uh -huh. you know, and you're like i've caught myself crying i was like oh crap is it because i'm i want that or is i'm just like wow like i'm happy for them you know what i mean yeah it's like, which one is it? <laughs> but isn't it cool that you're like you ask yourself that question now yeah, whereas yeah. like before you might yeah. not have 100 percent uh okay we digress 18 yeah. la 17 you moved yeah yeah and uh, yeah so i i moved to la went right to school didn't have a summer break you know a lot of people you know some people do gap years in like england and stuff like yeah. in the u.s like three months off or something no i literally just went right to school jumped right in and my brother came with me um and uh, yeah, that was it. That was it. I went, did four years there, got my degree, Bachelor of Science in Media Arts, and then um, was working at Apple at the time, as I told mm -hmm. you. And then the only thing that um, I can say about why I didn't do anything with my degree was because I realized I maybe this sounds like I 
I don't know. I, I don't think this is wrong, but I didn't want to be a workhorse. That's the only thing I could say is mm-hmm. basically the animation industry. I, I remember my teachers basically telling us my, one of my teachers worked with Tim Burton. Um, and she was like, yeah. So I remember I worked a 16 hour day and I immediately was like hot. No hard pass, mm-hmm. hard pass. And it's not that I didn't love animation, but I realized, you know, as a lot of people go through college, they pivot. Right. I was like, I'm not going to pivot. I'm going to follow this through, but I know I I'm, I'm a go-getter. I'm like, I'm going to find another career. I literally said had nothing to do with blogging, nothing like that. I was like, I'm going to find another career that I love. This is not for me. I'll get my degree. I'll make my mom proud. First, first kids to get the degree in, in the family, whatever. Mm. But after that I'm done. So I remember I got an offer, uh, to work at a studio. I actually can't say the studio. I, I, maybe I could sideline it with you if you, if you're interested, but I can't yeah. say it on, on camera for, for an NDA weird thing that still exists. Um, but I turned it down. I'll tell you this. It was $140,000 offer out of college. Mm. I turned it down because I was like, they wanted me to work the most insane schedule. And it wasn't about the money for me. I was like, I don't want to be miserable. I'm too young to be miserable at this point. I was like, yeah. you know, early twenties. And I was like, this was like uh, an animation job. It was an animation. Got job. it. Yeah. For a, for a pretty big studio in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I, I said no. And I, and I gave myself a gap year that I never got. I said, I'm gonna give myself a year to figure things out. I was still working at Apple, loved Apple. It was like Century City. It was like one of the best stores in, in my opinion. Um, and uh, landed a marketing gig because I was fixing a guy's iPhone. And I ended up becoming a social media manager for a couple films. Um, and that's how I started my marketing career for yeah. a short while before my blog took off. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. No, no, this is exactly what this podcast is about. Yeah. I relate to that gap year thing. Cause I graduated mm-hmm. college a year early. Cause I was like, I fucking hate this. I went to like a state school with like mm-hmm. 50,000 people, um, you know, trying Where? to, sorry, piece... I, I want to, I want to, Oh know. no, that's okay. Uh, I went to university of Florida Oh, okay. for, for, um, a bachelor's degree. Like I have a degree in business. Um, Cool. to appease i was really just to appease my dad who i was still talking to at the time okay. um uh i graduated a year early because i was like fuck this shit um and i was like <laughs> i don't now i'm gonna give myself a gap year i moved to denver colorado because i was like i don't know it seems like a cool place to go <laughs> interesting yeah and then and then ended up moving to los angeles so i totally relate to to that whole whole thing wow. um yeah wild wild shit that we we go through in life oh yeah I mean, I, I still have to pinch myself. I used to be, I was, okay. So, you know, the magician, David Copperfield. Yeah, of course. I was his social media manager That's for wild. two years. Oh no. <laughs> like the stories, if you had another podcast about like just talking about stories, oh my God. Give us one. Like um, okay. Uh, I remember. So, and I'm still friendly with him. Like, yeah, I'm not saying the guys are not the guys are sure. a crazy, amazing, talented entrepreneur himself. You know, a lot of people don't realize he still works. Um, but I remember one day, so I used to fly to Vegas twice a week. Didn't have a, a, a partner at the time, you know, so it was great, right? Flying to LA, or sorry, LA to Vegas twice a week and, yeah. and getting put up and getting per diems. It was awesome. I remember one day I'm in my hotel. I think it was like, just got done the show. His show ends at like 12 something. I'm in my bed, the MGM. I get a call from him. And he's like, I want to go to the movies. And I was like, I call my boss and be like, hey, man, I'm sorry to wake you up. I'm like, do I have to go with him? Wait, you're the social media manager? Yeah. So I was like, I was like a, I was like a social media director, social media manager. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
but the thing was he loved talking ideas this guy is a workaholic like david is amazing like truly like to this day i'm like this guy does not need to work his family is family 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 does not need to work the guy's got you know yeah anyways workaholic always going but he wanted to go to the movies so essentially he wanted me to go in with him drive to the movies with him and his his magi which is like his well-paid magic interns his friend chris who is like his director all this stuff and i was happy to do it because like i said i'm like this is just a whirlwind but i still i was like am i supposed to go with him this is weird but like yeah you get a call from your boss which is david copperfield that he mm-hmm. wants to go to the movies you got to go with him so we ended up going to the movies i forget what movie we watched i think it was like big daddy or not a big daddy it was that <laughs> sorry it was like a will ferrell movie from what oh, i remember sure. it wasn't okay. big daddy but it was one of those and uh yeah to me that's a crazy story right i mean like yeah also like david copperfield calling you at that time of day i was like I was startled. It was like my first week on the job. And I was like, what do I do? Um, but I just thought that was interesting. I got a ton of other stories like that, but I was just like wild. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's why I look back at my life. I'm like, this, that happened. I had to remind yeah. myself that happened. You know what I mean? Like, Do you was- feel like you've lived like multiple different lives in your life? <laughs> if you traveled as much as I have for my work too. Yes. Because like, you still got to look back like, oh, I was Paris. I was here for this. I yeah. was there. You know what I mean? Like it's wild. Yeah. Um, and I, wish I had a better memory because I should have been writing all this down other than me being a writer. Like sometimes I'm like, wait, did that happen? I got to write that down. You know what I mean? Yeah. What are like the best things and the worst things about traveling so much? Oh, uh, for, for what I do, the absolute best thing is to never know where you're going to go. I don't plan my trips. When I went to Turkey, um, for the food tour, I was invited and they were like, Hey, do you want to go on this food tour? We're going to take you here, here, here. We're going to feed you. You're going to walk around the streets, eat street food. It's going to be amazing. Sure. Would I ever book that on my own? Maybe because I love I love going to Europe. I love the Mediterranean. I, mm-hmm. Absolutely. But would I book it as a vacation? No, I'd probably go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's a big plus is never knowing where I go. And like I just have this long list of places I've been that turned into bucket list places that I didn't realize. Yeah. The 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 cons are and they're few and they're few and far between. They're just there's not a lot, but the cons are exhaustion. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds like oh woe is me, like oh he's tired, he gets to travel for free. I get that, but it's it is it's hard. Um, there are times, for example, the cruise I was on. Sorry, did you have a question? No, I was gonna say sorry. yeah, it is fucking hard. <laughs> uh, the the cruise I was on, like once again, oh free cruise, got to take my mom with me. Oh no, but the truth is like. I'm still working. Like I still have to keep my brain fresh. Like I'm not meeting with people on this specific trip, but I was like, you know, I got to create content. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there was times where I was like, I wanted to just take a nap on, mm. you know, on the, on the pool deck or in my room, whatever, while my mom was doing, you know, but no, I had to literally be out there. I was like writing in the cafe, coming up with some ideas of content. Create. Remember I'm my own boss, right? If I want to get paid, so to speak, I have to create content. So like my blog can make advertising. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So no, I mean, that stuff can be tiring. And yes, I get to travel and it's amazing, but that that stuff does weigh on you after a while, especially if you're going trip back to back. Yeah. It can be a lot, yeah. Is it hard to like, because it seems like you're doing, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like you're doing a lot of different things at the same time or your brain mm-hmm. is in different places at once. Is it hard to like yeah. get everything done or like to stay on track? when you, It feels like there's not enough hours in the day to like, no, you do everything. I absolutely, uh, it's hard. Um, but I will say the one nice thing about being self-employed is no one's over my shoulder. So I can, right. I don't have to be upset with micromanagement, but I can also be upset with myself, which can, as I told you, I like improving myself. So I can mm-hmm. always find that new improvement. 
Um, but to answer it, yeah, it's tough. Um, however, I will say the thing I've practiced over the years is, is finding out what's not working and then just nipping in the bud. So like, for mm. example, I cut out YouTube for a while. Um, I'm slowly bringing the idea back of doing more consistent YouTube. But I, the reason I haven't done it yet and have a full blown plan is because I don't want to start it and stop it again. Um, and I've done that a lot. I think content creators as a whole, they, they get burnt out. Maybe they do too much yeah. of one thing, too much TikTok, and they're like, oh yeah. God, it's not working. The views stink, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I will say I, I need to do better about cutting more out and, and focusing on more important things, like maybe just my blog for the week and not, not any video. And then maybe every other week is video content or something. It's so hard. Do you, do you like have a routine that you stick to? Cause I, I've yeah. talked to a handful of people and most people I talk to are their own bosses mm -hmm. and they find such benefits and in having a routine, which routine. I, I do not have one and it's hard. <laughs> it's hard for me to, what are you talking um, about? You scheduled this perfect, this, this podcast is the, interview. That, you did great. <laughs> this is the only thing. And I have a system for that. But it's like, I, I, my brain wants to do so many different, I'm interested in so many different things that that is why yeah. I have a hard time setting myself like a schedule. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're interested in a lot too. So do I, you have a routine? Yeah, I'll tell you my routine. And this definitely stemmed from our, your original question, which is yeah. like, what was your lowest point? How did you yep. get out of it? So what's really worked for me is every morning um, around 7 a.m., my dog wakes me up, I feed her, take her out, and then I go right to the gym. I spend, I don't have a set time at the gym. It depends on what I want to do that day or maybe how much, poor, how poorly I ate the day before. Sure. Uh, but typically I'll do anywhere from an hour to hour and a half, sometimes two hours at the gym. The moment I come home and after I've, you know, of course, showered up and stuff, I immediately sit down and I'll read 10 to 15 pages of a book that I'm reading and I'll get to get to doing emails and work. What's nice about my job and what I've created, and this is, this is my own, like kind of goes back to my passive income. I have basically made it where I don't have to do more than three to four hours a day of work, believe mm -hmm. it or not, despite me sounding like I have a lot to do. Those are like the set hours that I know I have to get work done. So essentially, if you kind of do the, the quick math, I'm usually done by like 12 or one of anything important I need to do. Mm -hmm. um, and that can even consist of like, you know, doing the, the normal lame stuff, like paying bills and stuff, whatever. Sure. But work stuff, yeah, I could be done around 12 or one. And then I like to help my wife. We have a little bit of like a small digital marketing agency that she handles. Mm. And I typically will every now and then do some copy editing if she needs it or whatever. I mean, granted, she's better than I am, but I sometimes will just come in and step in if she needs help. Um, but yeah, that's my schedule. And if I stick to that, um, it's been fantastic. Even yeah. on my trips, believe it or not, I'll try to do the gym thing in the morning if I can on a trip, if, if I can, of course. And that helps me keep my same routine here or makes me feel like I'm going, I'm as sane as possible, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you just like go to like a, like a classic gym. I only ask this yeah. because like, it's interesting to see how many people are like, I hate going, but I go anyway, versus people who are like, no, I found something that like I actually like doing. Like I yeah. like moving my body in this way. And yeah. so I want to go. So I'm like, because yeah. the regular gym for me is like, I'm like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do here. Like I need <laughs> someone to like tell me what to do. So I'm like a Pilates person and I like actually yeah. like doing that. Yeah. It's I'll so say, interesting. Like people, I'm sorry, go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was just going to say, no, because you're not wrong. I have a lot of friends and family who um, struggle with going to the gym because they have the same thing. It's like uh, analysis paralysis where they get in there and they're like, okay, there's a lot of machines. Yeah. Um, if not, and I'm not an expert, but if I was to say my biggest motivator, um, I take a show or a movie, and this is just for cardio, by the way. Yeah. I take a show or movie that I want to watch, which I think we can all agree, whether it's YouTube or podcast even. Mm -hmm. And I make a rule. I can only watch or listen to them at the gym. I love that. I thought about that recently. And I was like, that that feels yeah. good. So especially if you have a show you've been wanting to watch, like, I, you know, shout out to Blacklist. I've never watched a show. I'm a huge fan of James Spader. Um, I decided randomly to start that show recently, even though I'm like 20 seasons late. Mm -hmm. And I literally on the treadmill today, I'll do a walk and run for 30 to 40 minutes, depending on the episode length. Yeah. I only watch it in the gym. That's it. That's a rule. And honestly, if it, it ends on a cliffhanger, well, I'll see you tomorrow. You know what yeah. I mean? And then lifting wise, you know, you were saying, uh, like I was saying analysis paralysis, but you yeah. were saying, personally, I just do the classic, like chest, you know, back, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that, and I'm not an expert, but I just kind of, if I need to know a new workout, I'll look it up and that's it. But I, yeah. I agree. Pilates, I love Pilates and yoga and like, I get that having like someone there, you know, kind of telling you what to do. Just like telling that's me. also good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, how has, um, working with your partner, how has that affected your relationship? And like, what are the secrets, yeah. if you will, to like working with your partner? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess that's my question. It's, it's, uh, it, it is true what they say. I mean, it's true. It's very tough to work with your partner. It's, it's hard to work with your friends, but yeah. specifically your partner. Um, it's very hard. We struggled. Um, therapy has helped with that actually. Yeah. Um, we technically don't really, I know I said I help her and we, we do work together, but it used to be a lot more in depth. She yeah. At one work, point. She yeah. Worked for you, I mentioned right? that, yeah. didn't I? Yeah. So she used to write amazing writer. She used to write with me a lot. Um, the, 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 the best thing I can say is definitely try to have separate offices, never work in the same room. And now listen, I know not everyone has like, we don't live, we don't own our own house. We're renting a house currently. Mm -hmm. It's not like we, we don't live in a mansion or anything like that, but we do have separate offices or some people have maybe have a living room and whatever, make it work. Don't yeah. work together. You're already working from home together. Mm -hmm. Do not work in the same room. That's my biggest number one thing I'd say is give yourself some space and have rules for your space. Treat it like an office, but the coolest office ever because you get to go out and walk your dog and go to your kitchen and go to your bathroom, your own bath. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that's the best part of working from home. And I think a lot of people discover that with COVID, but they also struggled because they're like, now they're with their partner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, separate offices, number one key. And second, uh, practice appreciation. I know that's like a cliche, like that's a, that's just a relationship thing, but trust me, if they answered an email before you did on a client, for example, let's just say if that's your business, say thank you. It's amazing how far that goes. I think a lot of people don't practice that in a real world office and that can cause resentment. So imagine your partner, it's your partner. You shouldn't take them for granted further just because they're your partner. Mm -hmm. So say thank you, you know, stuff like that and, and a pr practice appreciation. It goes so far because I know we struggle with that. We both just assumed the other one would get it done. Right. And if they don't, you're like, what the heck? And then it causes this weird resentment. It's like, what the hell? It's only an email, for example. You know? Yeah, I think it happens with like, even if you don't work together, like be yeah. like uh, taking that, taking it for granted, like the, the person is there. And I yeah. feel like that, I mean, I don't know, I'm a, di I'm a divorced woman. So what do I know? But like, <laughs> but no, I know what you're saying. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that is 
an issue taking yeah. your partner for granted, but it's very hard not to when you live in the same place and you're doing mm-hmm. the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Does like traveling a lot affect your relationship at all? Actually, I think it, it makes it better. Now I will say, yeah, she, I was going to say that she used to travel with me a lot. Um, the reason why we, we rescued a dog, um, that has put a hinder on travel, mm. um, for her, but no, her being an introvert, um, she needs the energy reset and it's, it's fine. Like me, I'll go, I'll go on a cruise. I'll go on a trip and I'll go sit at a bar restaurant by myself and mingle with people. She mm-hmm. would never do that if she went on a trip by herself. Yeah, me either. Um, and that's fine. That's yeah. her, you know, but that's you. Yeah. Um, but no, actually I think it's been better because there are times where I'm gone for a week and we miss each other, but, right. but she needed that moment of sitting in a house silent not mm-hmm. talking to anyone not needing to talk to anyone but the dog and enjoying her, her own time so no I, honestly it's been for the better i mean she still misses travel she still misses going on trips with me and she will she, she still will go on those trips it's just less than before um mostly because covid screwed everything up yeah. and and there's people with budgets still being you know brought back but other than that yeah it's 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 been a positive thing actually yeah it seems like it would be because it gives you mm-hmm. the opportunity to one miss each other but two right. if she's anything like i am in terms of being an introvert it's like mm-hmm. i just need no one talk to me like just you know what i mean right right no i totally understand that it's been great this is kind of tangential but i don't sure. care i don't give a shit um <laughs> this is my podcast and i'll do whatever i want um i know we're coming up on our hour but i wanted to know what do you because you've been in the social media space or um, the content creation space for a while. Have you had to deal with like any type of like bullying or negativity? And if so, like how do you handle it? Or is your stuff pretty positive? I mean, you do like reviews, so it seems like Mm. it would be limited. Like you're, I don't know. You tell me. Um, Okay. So I definitely would say, I think everyone, if you've ever been on social media, you've dealt with bullying yeah just you know full stop i mm-hmm. think everyone has unfortunately and that's the sad world we live in what are you going to do yeah um but for me i would say it's 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 less um however it's kind of going back to like the whole yelp review thing where it's like you have nothing nice to say it's like either five or a one mm-hmm. um i will say the bullying that i've received is like i could use a word wrong in a review or something specifically like a video review you know you mentioned youtube for example mm-hmm. or even instagram and man the trolls will come out really um oh yeah um but the way i deal with it to answer that question i ignore it every now and then i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie and say i don't feed the beast <laughs> every yeah. now and then um but yeah i will say i usually just ignore it does it affect me does it bother me yeah on hundred percent. But what I realized is this, it's kind of like, what did I mention earlier when I said people don't do their fact checking? Like we, we mm-hmm. started off yep. the conversation about verification, right? Are they yep. legit verified? Or are they not, you know, um, people don't fact check. And I just kind of, I kind of learned to laugh at them, not actually at them, but like internal, I'm like, this is funny. These guys are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What happened most recently, I'll give you a quick little story. Yeah. Um, did you, did you see the, the clip that went viral about the stupid college, I'm just going to say it, stupid college frat boy that threw the wheelchair down. Oh, yes, I did. Okay. So the college, the tweet that I saw it in, I saw it on TikTok too, but the tweet I saw the video in that was going viral 
Um, I'm not trying to say I made it go more viral, but I kind of did by accident. So what happened was someone tweeted the video and basically saying this is appalling, blah, 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 and basically tagged the school. The school tweeted about the investigation, but they didn't tweet it to their own page. They tweeted it to the reply. So I basically called them out, was like, you guys didn't public. I basically said something along the lines, you didn't say it publicly, right? Mm -hmm. Because truly they didn't. What they should have done was tweet it publicly and then quote tweet it in there. That way it's both on their page and then also taking that and put it in the reply, whatever. Right. I wasn't trying to be nitpicky. I was just upset. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll be a warrior for anyone. Like that's BS. What oh, that's complete and trash bullshit. Fuck be, that person. Yeah. You need to be called out. Right. Yep. And that's one of the things I will be go on Twitter for. Um, anyways, I'll use that verification badge as much as I can to, for the, for good. Right. Sure. So anyways, I call them out. My tweet has like, at, probably at this point, like 2 million, you know, it shows now the interaction. What? On Twitter. It's like 2 million plus whatever. So definitely a lot of the good news is 90, 5% of the people commenting and liking are all positive. Like they're basically on my side and basically be like, yeah, call them out. But here's where it gets trolly. A lot of people, you could tell where they come from, but they're very much like, oh my God, you're sensitive. Oh my God. Sure. Like, like, like basically being like, give the school a break. It's just a small school. Why? Basically defending the school being like, you're, you're bullying the school. And here's the thing. I was like, listen, I'm not bullying them. They just did it wrong. And if they need a social media manager, they need to hire a new one because clearly they don't know what they're doing. Right. But the thing that, that made me so angry was this goes back to like people not fact-checking. Someone said, well, they pinned it to their page, but they didn't pin it to their page mm -hmm. until my tweet. And I can validate this because if you look at the timestamps, yeah. like literally until my one, mine went viral, that's when they pinned it to the page, which good on them. They, they, they did it right. But the person, the troll, I told you, I ignore mm -hmm basically was calling out something that was 24 hours old. Right. So instead of them being like, they could have responded like, well, at least they pinned it to their page. And then I would have responded, you're right. They did after 24 hours. Right. But they, they came at me like I'm an asshole. And I'm right. like, no, no. If anything, I influenced that. I'm not saying I did, but I'm saying I probably yeah. helped nudge them to do the better thing. That's all. Cause they needed to be called. And they also need to get rid of that kid. Cause like, Famous hockey player, dad, go fuck yourself. You like, it's, <laughs> like, I don't, there's so many things that are fucked up about that entire like situation. It's like, oh, yeah. you're being sensitive. You clearly don't have any friends that have a wheelchair because you don't Thank know you. how expensive that is. And that, that wheelchair is specifically made for that person. You can't just go buy right. a wheelchair from the fucking drugstore. Like that causes right. the person immense pain. You right. have to have a specific right. one, like, and they're right. expensive as fuck. So it's like, clearly you don't have any friends that are in a wheelchair, which that says something about you. And then exactly. in addition to that, it's like, well, it's the school needs to be held accountable. Like no yeah. one's like, oh, it's the school's fault per se. But like, right. once you see something happen, you're, if you're complicit in it, you're part of the problem, you know? Exactly. And listen, it, it is unfortunate, unfortunate for the school, hundred percent, because you yeah. know, they didn't, they didn't make this kid do this. Right. Obviously. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, it, it's scary to me when that many people can actually validate that, right. Validate those feelings in their head that that's okay. I know. Right. Like that's insane. And you, you nailed it on the head when you said like, you clearly don't have a friend. Like the first thing I want to say to everyone is be like, who do you love? Mm -hmm. Imagine they're in a wheelchair. Like, just like, how do you not think of that way? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? With anything, you could use this example for so many things. Yeah. And 
that is the scariest thing. Yep. <laughs> the world we live in, it's like. I know. I know. Guys. And also it's like the school, I don't know. Do they really? <sighs> sure. Like they got a ton of shit for it. But like if they do the right thing, then right. you'll have everybody being like, hey, yeah, hell yeah. Thanks for doing the right thing type of thing. So it's like they right. could turn it around if they wanted to, you know. Right. Um, right. Okay. Last question. If sure. you could give a piece of advice to anyone that is in a low season right now going mm-hmm. through a challenge, what piece of advice would you give them? I really don't want to be cliche, but it just try to, to, to think of better times. Um, we all have low points. Everyone has a low point. Don't be afraid to communicate with your, your colleagues and family and friends and reach out to people, maybe even strangers, um, and ask for help. I think that's the biggest thing people don't realize is having a conversation. I know that can be scary for people that, that don't normally do that. Um, and some people might find shame in that, but I would say the biggest thing you could do is ask for help and have those conversations. And in the end, you may help someone else that in return actually internally helps you and will guide you into the, the, the next part of your life, which is, which is, you know, literally tomorrow. Also never, sorry little tangent Go. this is something i learned recently don't dwell on your past mm. i heard someone say this glance don't stare and i used to have this um image of what i used to be and what i wanted to be and there were years where i had the best what i thought was the best career year of my life whether it was financially or just how i felt and i realized that I can still love those years and learn from them and, 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 and cherish them, but I can't stare at them. I have to glance and then move forward. Um, and you've got to do that with everything I feel. And I feel like if you start implementing that in your life, you'd be surprised how fast things change because so many times we waste time looking back at what we just was the best years we said, you know, some people mm-hmm. like to say like, those were like my, 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 my best years, but the truth is like tomorrow could be your best, the start of your next best year, best life, best decade, whatever. So. Yeah. yeah. It's like I, I heard someone say, I'm only I heard someone say, I wish I could fucking remember ever <laughs> me too. who said something so yeah, I could give yeah. them credit. But it was like you can get depressed if you look at the past and you can get anxiety if you look at the future. Cause it's like yeah. you don't know what's gonna happen versus like you are sad you're not at the point you were at exactly, at, you know, back in time. Um which yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. I wanna I could go on forever, especially talking about like mental health and like men specifically how we don't set them as a society we don't set men up for success in terms of like mental help asking for help any of that we could do such a better job of like normalizing it and not being like oh you fucking pussy like you know all the fucking shit that men have to deal with and like obviously if anybody listens to my podcast i usually talk shit about men all the time but in this case (laughs) in this case i do think i get it i do think we are we have done a poor job as a society and setting men up for success in terms of mental health absolutely um yeah well thank you so much for giving me an hour of your time it's really it was really great getting to know you now now it's not just tiktok yeah no i know seriously now we're friends we're true friends (laughs) yeah we're true friends now (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Bounce Back with guest Joe Maragliata. He is a lifestyle and travel content creator. You can follow him on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. You can go check out his blog. Just type in Joe's Daily and that is him. Thanks again for listening. New episodes every Thursday. (laughs) 